Welcome to New Kids on the Block, a podcast for newcomers who want to explore blockchains and cryptocurrencies. On this show, we discuss and dissect all things crypto for beginners and intermediate users and help them navigate their way through this fascinating yet overwhelming new space. Let's dive right in. New Kids on the Pop Block podcast makes a bunch of hits. Chinese crypto policy makes me sick. And I think it's fly when the crypto Yoda stops by for the summer. For the summer. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens, and welcome back to a new episode of the New Kids on the Block podcast. I am joined by my good friend, the crypto Yoda, Yidu himself. Yidu, how are you doing this fine evening? I'm doing really well. Um, cool cats and kittens. Uh, what is this uh, Carol Basking blog show? <laughs> uh, if your name is uh, uh, Joe, then yes. Uh, but if not, <laughs> then no. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been a couple weeks, man. I know. I mean, it feels I know. like an eternity um, since we last spoke. I think you know we were getting too too caught up on getting all these great guests that uh, we forgot we can just talk to each other as well. I know I I missed that. I feel like that's. I mean, the guests are great. Like they, we've learned a lot from them. But I feel like it's just different. Like talking to um somebody over the internet who you're not very familiar with, uh, as opposed to somebody like you, you know, who I can just share my my honest opinions and shit talking about the sh- about all the shit coins. So yeah, that. that is missed. I think <laughs> that is missed. So like in the in the last couple of weeks, like. What have you What have you been up to? I I've been busy with life stuff. I'm gonna be honest here and tell the audience that I haven't been plugged in into the the crypto world uh, as I used to. Um, I actually did the unthinkable and I I disabled the, inter- the notifications on my Twitter uh, for the past week. Mm. Um, you know, just because I wanted to to take a break from everything uh, was get a lo- getting a little bit overwhelming. Um, so yeah, and, and for that reason, I've been kind of out of sync with the crypto world. Although you know, I've been doing like more life stuff, uh, which is also very nourishing for me. So it's been good. You gotta nourish the soul with life stuff, you know, because exactly. if you don't do that, then what I'm told is uh, it's bad. That's what yeah. I heard. I, I so. did. I did do something in real life that's kind of crypto related. Oh, um, what? I I um I withdrew withdrew some money out of my my um my centralized exchange account into my bank account oh. uh, for some real estate um purposes, and that felt great. The moment when you see that dollar, that digital like USDC transfer into USD and hit your bank account, that feeling is amazing. Yeah, it's like you know you you see that that uh, magic internet money finally turn right. into uh, to actual money in your account and the zeros to, you know turn into ones and all that stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You enjoy that, right? Oh yeah, I, oh yeah. I I recently pay my tax bill, so I I'm not happy. Uh, I'm not a happy man. Uh, well, which which means that I had a good year last year, right? I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of a flex to say, hey, I had to pay a lot on capital gains last year. It's a flex. Oh man, you know, but I who likes money anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that's cool. Yeah. So you've been you've been you've been doing kind of some more traditional finance stuff in your in your real life, um, which is which is cool. I, I should say that we haven't recorded because I've been away for a while. I've mm-hmm. been traveling for work a bit, so I traveled to the great state of Pittsburgh, and um, and then uh, 
yeah, I went to Vegas for a couple of days. Nice. Um, well, you know, I did did the real casino instead of the crypto casino. Um, and then I've kind of been a little sick um, with like a bit of a head cold, so I've been I've been sleeping mm. like an infant uh, the past couple of days, uh, which is it's it's not COVID related, but it's just like you know regular sickness related. You know when you when you stay yeah. indoors for like a year and a half and you're not exposed to like the little germs and they turn into like actual colds. Yeah. That happened right, to me. Right. So. It's like you're going to the real world and it's like, wow, everything's so scary now. <laughs> stay away from it. Yeah. I was exposed to too many people. You know what it was? I think I was, I was in, um, I was in Vegas, um, for a friend's, uh, you know, like, like a, like a friend's weekend or something like that. And then, uh, it was 90 degrees. And then I, you know, I fly back up here to New York, Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it's, uh, you know, 45 degrees and snowing again. And I'm just like, Hmm, let's go to the gym, get, you know, work up a lot of sweat and then walk outside because mm -hmm. I'm used to warmer temperature and yeah, that didn't work. So, uh, <laughs> don't do that kids. Don't do that out there. Well, um, maybe hopefully, um, well, if only the, the, the crypto market can make you feel better. Uh, but sadly that's not the case. Well, so yeah, I mean, um, I guess a little before we kind of dig into that, I guess a little bit of housekeeping. We we do have like a pretty cool um, podcast lined up for for later in the week, so we might make this one a little bit short um, because you, we we do have a guest that we are interviewing, and um, yep. that should be fun. You may be doing that in person, is that correct, or at least partially in person? Yeah, yeah, um, we got something really exciting planned uh, for you guys and not going to give away too much of it but basically we're going to have a secret guest coming on the show and talk about some really exciting new stuff so oh, keep your awesome. eyes out for that and and you're going to be you're going to be doing it without me you know which is going to be probably pretty good you know uh, i don't know <laughs> i i feel like the podcast would not be the same without you so. oh man we'll see, see you tug at the heartstrings all the right it makes a beautiful symphony in my ears <laughs> the, ego, the ego just loves it the ego just loves it so no yeah i mean uh you know we've been recording and you know i've been uh you know we've been you know the podcast has been growing in popularity let's just say i've been getting a lot of positive reviews from like colleagues and friends nice. and um i guess that's that's a one cool thing to hear, um, you know, a couple weeks off the pod, um, you know, that that people are actually listening and, and liking it. And and they say we have a good dynamic and all that stuff. Who would have thunk it? You know, so um, yeah. so, so let's let's, you know, um, let's kind of just talk about, I mean, what what we did miss, I guess, over the, 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 the course of the past couple of weeks, which was like some form of a melt up. Right. I mean, we saw. Bitcoin kind of go up to 48K at a certain mm -hmm. point. Um, today, uh, we're recording, you know, Wednesday, April 6th. And, you know, there were some meeting minutes that came out from the Fed that a lot of people didn't like. And it kind of crashed the markets, uh, you know, from a, from a, like a, you know, from, from a meeting perspective, you know, how, how people love to, uh, to read meeting minutes because that's, that's <laughs> that nice. It drives economic uh, policy, but um, but I mean, we did see like a melt up there, right? Like, were, were you were you plugged in? You know, I guess it must have been more last week, right? We we saw crazy gains. I mean, you know, Bitcoin yeah. went up to forty eight k. I think Ethereum was up to like yeah, I think it hit 3,500 3, at a certain point. Mm -hmm. um, we also saw like, I mean, it's crazy. 
you know, I keep talking to one of my buddies who's like newer to crypto and he's like, you know, I keep looking at this, at that, uh, Solana's that you keep telling me about. And, uh, one day I saw it, it's at 70 and today it's at 135. What the heck, man? Why didn't you tell me to buy it? You know? So we, <laughs> we did, well, you know, if you couldn't tell, I live on Long Island. So I have some like Long Island accent nurse over here, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, the market did go up and then it then it did go down. What a crazy uh what a crazy concept. Yeah, what a crazy concept, right? <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it's it's been a bit of a roller coaster right in terms of the market. Um I don't have too many insights into what drove that. Uh, like I said, I haven't even checked the news for a week. Um just by looking at the charts, I mean, cuz that's my only weapon at this point. Just it, it's like a classic um edge to edge trade setup. Um, where, you know, basically early last week, um, Bitcoin, uh, entered this, this cloud pattern when, um, I think it was like on the 22nd of March, uh, it was the a candle closed inside the cloud that usually indicates, um, the beginning of a, a move, um, from one edge of cloud to the other edge. So, um, basically it was expected to go from the lower end of the cloud at that point, which was like 41K all the way to the other end, uh, which is 51K. So that upward movement, that crazy movement we saw was kind of expected from the chart technical analysis pattern uh, standpoint. Um, I think what we didn't see is um, the, I would say the incompletion of that cloud, uh, chart pattern to, to play out. Right. Basically, when we hit that um, 48k, uh, we start to see the sell-off. Right. It never, it never get close to 51k, uh, which was the expected, um, like upper end of the cloud. So yeah, I mean, it, it it is what it is. You know, people keep saying that. You know, making making fun of the people who look at technical charts and say, oh, <laughs> you know, these these charts, like basically technical analysis is the is the astrology for man, whatever. Um, you know, I mean, it, it still works, right? Like, even if you say, it's... yeah, but you know, you evil geniuses that look at all the, you know, the the matrix on the charts, right, and see like what normal people see as gobbledygook, you guys see as like you know the tea leaves out there, right? I mean, people were saying that forty five k is like a really really strong support for Bitcoin, right? And uh, here we go, I'm looking at it today, mm -hmm. and it is forty three and change. Right. So, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's uh, I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a good don't get me wrong. And, and I think you were talking about the Ichimoku cloud. Right. So for, right. for right. our listeners, like you go on tradingview.com and you want to pull up like, you know, some of the uh, key indicators and look at the Ichimoku cloud, like what you do said is 100 percent correct. And I will personally say that I made money on that trade. Um, nice. I made about two thousand dollars on that trade. Um, I'll look at you. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm doing the swing trading thing, right? Cause I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't have enough belief in myself to do anything other than that. So <laughs> I'm just buying like large swaths of Bitcoin and then waiting for it to go up and then, and then, and then dumping. Um, cause you know, we're, we're very much seeing ourselves in this like crab market where we're yeah. repeatedly up and down. Right. Um, but that's actually crab. harder. You made it sound really easy, but like, in my opinion, like the swing trade is harder because like it's easy to to miss the entry and it's also easy to like get stopped out 
um, if you put any types of like stop loss yeah. on it, like if you if you if your trade gets invalidated, you get stopped out. If you enter too late, you get stopped out. So yeah, I mean, don't sell yourself well, short. It's not well, easy listen, to well, listen to this. I mean, to that point, I made I made the BTC trade at on February tenth. Okay, so when I bought, I bought on February tenth. Okay. At around 43 and change, mm -hmm. high 43s. Nice. And I sold on March 28th. So, um, you know, we were, we were talking, um, um, you know, to, to uh, Andrew from the Crypto Corner. And, you know, we we're talking about like the, um, you know, a couple of weeks back. And we we're talking about like that whole emotional aspect of trading. Like I right. had seen it go up and down <laughs> like a lot over the course of that month. And when I finally saw that, like, you know, that melt up that we saw yeah. up to um, like a little bit, you know, I think I'm like high, not high 48s, but like, you know, 48, 200 right. is where I sold it at. So yeah, no, that's, I mean, it's a nice, it's a nice little, uh, nice little trade, but I mean, it, it does require like, you know, really chilling for a bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. You need to have the, the, the patience to, to wait for the trade to play out and not yeah. get, you know, stop yourself out too early, too soon. Yeah. Um, so one thing that's great. So one thing I, I, I do want to mention, speaking of astrology for men, um, there is something interesting happening on the charts. Um, if you turn on the Ichimoku cloud um, on, on a trading view, let's say, uh, and turn it to the daily candle, daily chart, um, usually currently the, um, the cloud pattern is is red, indicating that we're still in this bearish, um, bearish um, period, on at least on the daily uh, chart. However, if you move away to the right, there's this tiny sliver of green, which indicates that we might be seeing a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Like basically, what that means is it's 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 a it's a tumo tumo. Two, sorry, it's called Kumo Twist. What that means is um, basically the cloud is, is on the verge of flipping from bearish to bullish. And that's very important mm -hmm. because if you look at the time frame, uh, it, happen, it would happen around in, on May the 4th. Um, so assuming everything you know goes well or stays steady for the next uh, month or so, we might be starting to see uh, kind of a, a bull, bull reversal for BTC. Well, all the space cowboys out there are going to like that date. You know, <laughs> may the fourth be with you. Um, I know, right? Well, and, and let me ask you about that. Like, sure. when you're looking at that that twist, as you mentioned, is that like always accurate, or like will it go from green and then suddenly, yeah. you know, twist back down to red? Is yeah. that like, good, yeah? Good question. So it could go either way. Uh, I think there is a uh, certain high level of conviction when it comes to um you know how reliable this indicator is um i think historically for btc at least i think it has been pretty reliable um when you look at i'm just trying to pull up an example in the past um there was a kumu twist early in october 21 um that that basically flipped from bearish to bullish uh, in, in I guess Q3 um, 2021, and then from there we 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 got the second um, second top um, in I guess November 21. So that was the right. 60 69k BTC. 
So usually that, that Kumu twist was an, an indicator of the beginning of the reversal. Um, it's pretty reliable. However, I will say that there could be cases where that Kumo twist did not play out. So mm-hmm. let's say as soon as we, we approach that May 5th date, uh, if things start trending down significantly, it's very easy for that Kumo twist to go back to, to red or, or bearish. Even after it turns uh, green, like for a short period of time, it could still go back to red. Right. So not 100% reliable again. Uh, but you know it gives you a bit of a confidence if you are you're long. You heard it here, folks. Uh, hot boy summer is in effect, uh, and when we say hot boy summer, as the kids would say, we mean uh, buy Bitcoin, uh, uh, not financial advice. Right? Not yeah. financial advice, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, anything else? Um, I mean, interesting on the charts. I mean, I think what I saw was um, was a, a flip of the EMAs. Um, so the, the slow running and the, mm-hmm. the fast moving, um, kind of did a, did a, uh, you know, that, that, that deadly cross. Yeah. I death cross. Yep. The death cross. Did you, did you see that? Or am I talking absolute nonsense as always? No, no, you're right. So the death cross happened, uh, when the, the slow moving average, um, sorry, the, the fast moving average crosses below the slow moving average. Uh, in this case, for BTC, um, the death cross did, did happen uh, early in January 22. So technically, uh, that is that is a, a bearish indicator. Uh, what I'll say to that is um, actually it's the way the those two moving averages are moving right now. They're about to cross again. So it's very yeah. likely that you know after getting the death cross in, in early 2022, we might be getting a golden cross where... The, the fast moving average crosses from above, uh, from below, and then went above the um, the the slow moving average. So yeah, I mean, if that happens, you know, I, I guess we're, we're we'll be out of the woods. All right. Well, let's let's hope for that. Um, so that's that was pretty good, um, TA. Um, you know, anybody's idea or um, whether or not any of that is accurate. Uh, you know, don't take us to the bank. With no, that. please. But Remember, it's just astrology for men. It's just astrology. Um, yeah, not as much. Uh, there, I mean, there's some science in it, I think. But so <laughs> there's some science in astrology, I think, too, right? Like, they got to look at stars and shit. So um, what about the NFTs, man? Like, uh, did, did that thing die again? Or what's going on there? No, Are NFT you... bull market is back, believe it oh, or not. Okay. It's back again. Okay. okay. Yeah. And the reason I knew about that is because my, some of my debt, you know, I thought th- these are debt NFTs. Somehow they just came back to life. Like my pudgy penguin just like pumped uh, 200% uh, in, in, in a week. And, you know, that's the moment, you know, okay, maybe the, the, the market's back and um, the gas price is high again. So that's another indicator yeah. of how, you know, things are starting to come back to life in the NFT space. Um, yeah, so maybe it's not over yet. As if you didn't miss the uh, high gas prices in Ethereum, folks. Uh, that is back. What's that? What's that new one that you have on your Twitter? What's that? Uh... Oh, it's a it's a Megasaur. Oh, sorry, oh. Met, not Megasaur, Metasaur. Metasaur. It's, um, yeah, it's it's a um, it's a project by. Um, one of the, I think it's called that Dr. DMT is what is one of the um, the founders of the the BAYC club. 
he started his own project, and uh, I aped in, of course. Um, actually, what is my Metasword cost right now? I haven't even checked. Uh, that's how how out of sync I have been. I haven't even <laughs> checked the price of my own NFTs. So the only reason why I know NFTs are still doing well is because I I'll casually peek in on your Twitter handle to see you know what you know what what the new guy you got up there. Is. Uh, so yeah. This gentleman has a nice bowler hat. Um, he looks he looks very classy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, that's going to zero. So forget about that one. All right, so that one's out. So don't get that one. <laughs> but the bear, but the bull market is back. For, the bull market is back. You know. Well, it's, well, let's talk about that. I mean, kind of, kind of associated to that. I think one of the big pieces of news that that's been out there in regards to NFTs is, you know, and we we spoke with Kai and Hubert a couple of weeks back mm. about like actual utility out there, yep. um, and you know NFTs for for gaming ended up being you know kind of a resounding yes right like real real world implementation of crypto technology blockchain technology etc absolutely and then last week there's a two six hundred and twenty five million dollar exploit of the axie <laughs> infinity side chain um the ronin attack or have you heard about this one yeah yeah sounds like we we've we've done the unthinkable we 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 cursed uh it's the new kids on the block curse you know they just cursed uh xc infinity uh for the other games into into one of the largest hacks in gaming industry maybe we should start being careful about what we talk about before we start cursing all these other projects all right we're just going to talk about xrp from now on uh if that's okay with you then yeah yeah yeah, yeah let's 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 stay <laughs> stay with that topic um but yeah i mean the ronin hack that actually happened when i was on my um, twitter hiatus but i did um you know read about some of the the, the threats about exactly what happened um mm -hmm. i think it's kind of similar to that to that wormhole um hack a few weeks yes. ago yes right like in terms of the dollar amount but also the the method how the, the hackers used to to get the money um and what's interesting about this one is that i, I read i think kobe wrote about this um basically like the hack happened um like for the first few days when the hack happened like nobody noticed like it wasn't until like maybe like three or four days afterwards then people caught on to it and then they started to realize oh shit we just got 600 million dollars hey um, did anyone realize that we don't have 625 million dollars <laughs> anymore hmm <laughs> And what's funny is that between between that period, like people were still buying, and then the price actually went up when that um you know when the, when the hack was initially discovered because people didn't realize that this 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 was happening, and it was only until like maybe six days later people started to realize the real the money is actually gone, um, and that's when people started to panic, um, and they started to to like realize how serious the issue is. So yeah, right. I guess that's just another another indication of how how much of a wild, wild, wild west we're in right now. Yep, and and it, everything can go wrong, especially when it comes to like like bridging or any type of um, you know huge transactions uh, which is not being secured. So yeah, I guess another another um, little black eye on the on the DeFi slash NFT gaming world. So actually, there's another thing that I mean, that's that kind of harkens back to our conversation with Kai and Hubert, which was like mm -hmm. um, 
the sacrifice of centralization for performance, right? So, so right. if folks are unfamiliar, because I wasn't at the time, Ronin is essentially a side chain, or you can think of it like a parallel network to, to Ethereum, right? Yeah. So Sky Mavis, who's the company that created Axie Infinity, which is the most widely popular and very, very stupid looking uh, <laughs> play to earn uh, NFT uh, game out there, right? It's, it's, it's actually changed the world to a degree. Uh, right. we, we make fun of it, but it's, it's, it's changed the way that, you know, people in third world countries can make a living and stuff like that, right? Um, yeah. Which is, which is amazing. And it's like such a great use case for the industry. But, you know, the Sky Mavis was like, you know, Ethereum's base layer um, is too slow and too expensive to handle all the transactions that are required in such a game, right? Like if you have a marketplace and you're trying to sell these little axes and, you know, the various different items and stuff like that. I mean, there's a lot of microtransactions that occur in a game like that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talked about the price of gas on Ethereum. Like I cannot, you know, um, have a hundred dollar transactions for a three dollar item in a game yeah. like it just doesn't make sense right so what did they do they they kind of created the side chain which you know they call ronin and then that's where the bridge comes into play yeah. but right because they need to bridge back to ethereum and you know leverage wrapped eth and all that stuff um right. without getting too technical but the you know the the other aspect of it is like if ethereum was faster and you know ethereum used proof of stake or some other kind of consensus methodology that could handle increased transactions in a you know in a use case like this maybe ronin never needed to be created um and you didn't have to create a more centralized um uh, you know blockchain um that could handle these types of transactions so um just uh it's interesting like uh you know we we say things and then they actually come to- come to play in real life right getting scared about our 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 little effect on the market here all right i I think you hit on something really important there i think the the best way to think about it is like there's this technical debt that's built into the ethereum network uh from day one yeah i i don't think vitalik buterin um thought about the you know i i know like he's a very smart guy but maybe when he envisioned Ethereum in the first place, he didn't take into account all these massive transactions, uh, computing power required in order to to process the transaction, so many transactions at the same time. Um, scaling wasn't, wasn't something that was taking into account into, on day one. Um, and now we're, we're kind of suffering um, from that, um, the lack of that consideration in the first place. So I think there's, I know we're, we're working on layer two, we're working on um, you know, other consensus mechanism to try to make things go faster. Uh, but until then, until then, we still need these bridges to to bridge the assets from 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 one chain to another. Right. Um, and without a, a secure, um, safe bridge, um, anything is hackable. You know, we already seen that in Wormhole. We've seen we've seen in so many other chains. Like Ronin is just another <laughs> bridge too far for us. Oh, you look at you. You are a goddamn poet. Listen, um, this is the quote again from Vitalik, right? It's the fundamental security limits of bridges are actually a key reason why, while I am optimistic about a multi-chain blockchain ecosystem, mm-hmm. I am pessimistic about cross-chain applications. Um, so 
you know, he's made to look smart again here. Now, what people leave out of that whole equation is, you know, if if they spent a little bit more time thinking about how Ethereum could could scale, right. people wouldn't have to do this type of stuff in the first place, right? So he's he's, yeah. he's part of the problem um, as as to why this this technological uh, you know quandary is occurring in the market. Right. Um, I mean, to 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 his credit, like he he hadn't like when he came up with Ethereum. Um, I think it was backing. I think it was one of the, actually happened happens to be one of the Miami BTC conferences a few years mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Foreshadowing. He did, yeah, he did that, and um, I think he it was a super brilliant idea. Like everybody was brought on into it, and they thought it's going to be this internet computer that solves everything in the world. Um, but I, I I don't think like scaling was the was the issue back then because bitcoin never had to deal with scaling uh i guess it, it did like during the block block size war in 2017 but it wasn't something that fundamentally um, restricted bitcoin's ability to to process and confirm the transactions yep um, because bitcoin is such a it has such a limited use case right peer-to-peer transactions from point a to, to point b according to Satoshi, satoshi nakamoto in his white paper but Ethereum has evolved so much over the years. There's so many different use cases uh, that's riding on this chain. And it's getting to the point where um, it, there needs to be a, a secondary layer solutions to, to solve, to, 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 um, you know, to be able to take on so many different use cases. So, yeah, I, I don't blame Metallic for not thinking of it in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's just the way how things have evolved, how, you know, these all these galaxy brains ideas that's being dumped onto the ethereum chain uh that's making this unfeasible and unusable yeah and and let's talk about let's talk about like what some of the problems are for this right so like um the when when sky mavis created ronin they essentially created it with this proof of authority model right and what proof of authority is it's similar to like what you'll see with um, what's that one out there? Constellation DAG, I think, where they have kind of like a governing council. Um, uh, the Ronin chain only had nine validators, which were in charge of securing the whole network. So when you sacrifice that uh, decentralization for, you know, and, and I mean, they, they were toting that they were getting 500% more transactions than, than Ethereum mm-hmm. base layer, right? So and, and su- substantially cheaper costs. But what happens there is you open yourself up to a 51%, right? Right. Type of attack, which is what happened here. Um, but um, when you have these bridges, right? Le- like, let's just talk about the finance aspect of it. Um, if something gets hacked on the Ronin side, right? And that money is taken away, people that are playing or... Um, you know, people that have that have tokens that are backed by that Ethereum are also impacted, right? Because they essentially Absolutely. have tokens in a pair that are no longer backed by anything, right? Is that a fair yeah. way to put the, the 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 money problem there? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's that's what the issue is, right? Effectively, your 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 um like in an ideal world, the the assets should be one to one on on both sides of the bridge, like your your Ethereum on on the Ethereum main chain should should be packed to one to one with your Ethereum or wrapped ETH on the Ronin chain, but whenever when the hack happens, um, you know, presumably the 
the ETH on the Ronin chain would no longer would no longer be pegged to the Ethereum on the main chain. Uh, that's when you're talking about losing of assets um, for the users, right? Because these are people who are actually have their skin in the game, and if their their ETH their wrapped ETH gets hacked, uh, they no longer have access to those assets on the Ronin chain. Right. Yeah. So. Um... I think the the one thing that we haven't seen, unlike the wormhole, was like some uh, shining white knight stepping in and saying, "Oh, we'll make all of our users whole." So I wonder, you know, I mean, that that could very well be the case here. Um, so I don't know if if anyone is is stepping in, um, or if the guys from Sky Mavis who are probably making billions of dollars a month are mm-hmm. uh, going to make that whole. But uh, yeah, I'm another- surprised. I'm surprised yeah. Axie hasn't stepped in to like try to uh, assuage uh, or I guess um, you know assure its users about the at least give some sort of um, consolation because um, mm-hmm. they've lost people have lost money. So I would if I were Axie, they they've made so much money last year. They had they should have the funds they need to compensate them the users. Yep. Yeah. And. Um... We haven't even talked about it, but there's there's been a there's been another hack at Ola Finance. There's there was another um, hack at Inverse Finance um, to smaller mm. degrees than these ones. But uh, uh, I mean, you know, individuals are getting hacked. You know, don't open up any emails. Don't don't follow links to any text messages. Always keep two factor authentication enabled, guys, on all of your wallets. Mm-hmm. Um, with some kind and it, with an actual like validator application, like Google authentication or something like that. Don't make it right. to your phone. Um, you know, always have out there. What, what's that? I say always, always set up your multi-factor authentication. Yeah. Hide your seed phrases. Friends don't let friends lose money to scammers. Right. Exactly. So, you know, this is just another, uh, sad story in that, uh, in that tale. Um, I think that we, we talked this one to death. What do you think? Yeah, I think let's move on to something more, uh, more upbeat. Yeah. Let's talk about a little bit of foreshadowing of what you talked about the, this Miami conference. So what Mm. the hell is going on in Miami and why should I care? So the Miami Bitcoin conference is the annual, uh, I guess, festival for all the Bitcoiners. Um, historically, I, I forgot when it started, but you know, historically, it has been like the most important crypto or Bitcoin event of the year. Um, like I said previously, um, Vitalik, um, I guess, debuted Ethereum on one of the the Miami Bitcoin conference a few years back, and since then, you know, it has always been this 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 stage for mostly for Bitcoiners, but you know, there's some other uh, altcoiners, <laughs> including Ethereum. Um, backers who would you know show up and then just have a big party and and exchange ideas um yeah i mean i i'm not personally um going to miami but some of my friends are sounds like they're have a gonna have a great grand time this time going going to miami Miami. so yeah um miami seems to be like kind of a growing hub for for crypto um Obviously, you got, you know, the genius young Sam Bankman-Fried who, mm. you know, recently got the um, the the Miami uh, NBA yep. arena, right, Ch- changed into FTX. the FTX, yeah. right, arena. Um, 
and uh, you know, blockchain.com is also going to ha- uh, house like over 200 employees in their Winwood district. Um, so like, you know, I think I think it's lagging behind from a from a blockchain startup perspective. It's lagging behind obviously New York and 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 you know, Silicon Valley and San Francisco um with the amount of funding that they've got, but they're tied mm-hmm. with LA now for like, you know, tied for third with the most funding according to kind of market insights from CB insights right. um, for, you know, the, you know, like funding for startups for blockchain startups. So, I mean, that's pretty exciting. I mean, I, I there's obviously tax benefits of moving to Miami um, mm-hmm. and Miami kind of ironically enough between, you know, in the last couple of years, at least Southern, you know, Southern Florida, we should say they've been losing residents. Um, right. So they're trying to figure out a way to, um, you know, stimulate some more of their economy. And, and it, it's just re- really interesting phenomenon that that's happening via, via crypto, right. And then the various blockchain companies. Yeah. They have, Miami has a very pro Bitcoin mayor. Yeah. Uh, his name is Francis Suarez. Um, yes. I think he's one of the, I guess the few mayors who's trying to do like a Miami coin. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how it's going. Like I, I read about it a few months back. I don't know whether he has done it yet. Um, but but he, know... he, he's one of the first ones who wanted to accept his payment in Bitcoin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's like yeah. super like a pro Bitcoin. And yeah, I mean, it's great. I think we need like a more um, like welcoming uh, legislation or officials, you know, who are like more opening towards crypto. Uh, I think that's mm-hmm. that should be a good thing. And I think Miami, you know, obviously with the weather, the location, it's it's perfect for entrepreneurs like younger people to go there and then uh start building so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think it's great you know if we can get like more folks to 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 form this new hub of crypto uh outside of outside of san francisco or, or austin um that's 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 great for the benefits of the community yeah and like you know it's it's so it's happening this week from the 6th to the 9th um and if you guys recall correctly um, El Salvadorian president Nayib Bukele um, made, you know, international news last year at the event that he was unveiling, um, you know, that his country would be the first to make, you know, uh, Bitcoin uh, legal tender. Right. 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 So, um, yeah. He, he was actually scheduled to, like, speak at this year's conference, but his oh, country is in a state of emergency. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, they, a lot of people are going nuts about the, the cost of oil and gas and right. they, they arrested right. like 6,000 gang members or something. So he's not going to make it this year. Right. But I think he's of, still gonna, he's still gonna, uh, shit post on Twitter. Uh, oh, about everything. Yeah. for sure. For yeah. sure. That's a you guarantee. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but who, who will be, uh, I think speaking there this year is Jack Mollers, who's the CEO mm-hmm. of the Bitcoin payment app strike. Yep. Um, so we talked about strike in the past and like the, you know, the, I was doing a little bit of research on this before the pod and, you know, they're competing with like cash app and PayPal and stuff like that. But uh, the one thing I didn't know is that this kid is freaking 27 years old. What am I doing with my life? Uh, the CEO <laughs> of strike is 27. That's yeah. He was the guy who I think um, set up the relationship with, with, um, without a Salvadorian president. Yes, um, he did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was, they were like 
I know there's like he's pretty entrenched in the community, so he he set up a lot of the the connections, you know, in order for for that um, legislation to go through in El Salvador. So kudos to him. Yeah, yeah. So it should be interesting. Um, it's an interesting conference, and hopefully we, um, you know, it's. Uh, I, th- I think there was like NFT LA that happened. Obviously, you went to the NFT NYC, and this one is kind of, I guess, the pinnacle uh, crypto conference. I guess at this point. Right. So. The only negative thing I would say about any conferences is that anytime people, a bunch of people gather together, the market just crashed because nobody's <laughs> buying the fucking dip. Put your shorts in. Put your shorts in. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be interesting. Um, I guess, uh, opportunity for us to check that out. Um, yep. anything else, um, that's out there. I saw that, um, that Forbes was doing, uh, kind of this, uh, you know, this, this giant, uh, retrospect. Oh, actually, before we move off of Bitcoin, mm-hmm. um, when I was in Vegas, I was talking with one of my, my friends um, who's like, you know, uh, I guess we can call him a Bitcoin maxi. That might be like a, mm. a, a under uh, representation of how he feels about Bitcoin. Oh, um, since we're talking about Bitcoin, uh, the man loves Bitcoin. Um, oh, and, uh, you know, he was telling me about all these things that I didn't know Bitcoin could do. So, you do, did you know that Bitcoin can do smart contracts? Because I didn't know I- that. I, I've heard about people tossing around that idea. Um, I mean, I think anything's, anything is possible. Um, but in my opinion, um, Bitcoin should probably stay in its lane. Uh, mm. Just do what it does best, which is peer-to-peer transactions uh, from point A to point B. Um, instead of trying to, to pretend to be Ethereum, um, which is not. And I think, and this is just my opinion, and I might upset your friend by saying this, um, but I think some of the, the Bitcoin maxis are a little bit salty, um, especially last year when we see this, this crazy growth um, from the Ethereum community, like the, the, the amount of use cases that's being brought up uh, onto the Ethereum chain and the amount of value that's being created on Ethereum network has made them really jealous. And that's why people are started talking about, oh, we should we should um, create a smart contract on Bitcoin. We should we, we had Taproot, right, which is great. Taproot, like, yep. yeah, all these kind of you know innovations, uh, which is ironic because just like last year, people were like the Bitcoin maxis were criticizing Ethereum for not being pure enough. Like they were saying, oh, you are doing this this um, you know proof of stake transition. That's not what you you're supposed to do. Like unlike Bitcoin, we never change anything. Like Bitcoin did literally change many things, right? We changed the block size back in 2017, and then we we implement Taproot, and now now they're talking about smart contract. So you right. can't have it both ways. You either you either stick it to ideology. You're like Bitcoin only. I don't want anything to be changed um, since the Genesis block, or you go for these these incremental benefits. Uh, the incremental changes that's going to benefit the user experience. So, yeah, I mean, I, I might be ranting a little bit here, but that's that's just my take on this thing. I love when you rant. God, I do. Um, <laughs> hey, you know, Michael Saylor's not going to like what you're saying there, you do. He's not going to like what you're saying. No, listen, my, my friend, um, I, I mean, everyone has their, like, here's the one thing that I'll say about, like, maxis uh, in general right mm-hmm. um whether you're ethereum maxi or solana maxi you're a freaking dogecoin maxi 
Shout out to Elon Musk being on the uh, the Twitter board. That's one thing that we we did miss. Oh yeah, <laughs> that right. we did miss over the past couple of weeks. Um, but you know, bet with conviction, right? Mm-hmm. Like, put your money where your mouth is. If you believe in projects, like bet with conviction. And the one thing you know, a lot of people have a lot of criticisms and cynicisms about like maximalists, but. The one thing you can ever say is that they do not believe, right? Right. Like they believe wholeheartedly and they put their money where their mouth is when it comes to their investments. And that's that's a that's a pretty good um kind of mantra in general for investment. For sure. Right? Like like the more of a speculator you are, the higher at risk uh, you know, from a threshold perspective, you're going to be. Mm-hmm. So bet with conviction, invest with conviction, and um, don't don't use Bitcoin for smart contracts. Uh, that's that's the one thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, this might come up in, in Miami this year. Who knows? No, oh, um, I'm sure. I'm, <laughs> I'm sure we'll we'll hear something. Yeah. Um, I guess other than that, like you know, there's like little little news out there um, that I think Forbes is doing like this whole thing on Sam Bankman Freed, right? Because he wants to. He's he's doing the quintessential um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, Bill Gates thing where he's like, I'm going to donate all of my wealth to uh, charity, um, you know, throughout my life. And then they become like the richest people in the world. Right. Um, We'll see how much that worked out for Bill Gates. Uh, But yeah, they all did that. Right. Like I think CZ or Champing Zhao, the, the CEO of Binance. Uh, also said he's going to donate everything, you know, of in this ne- of the net net worth into charity. So I don't know whether that's like a just like a vogue thing to 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 do in crypto world, or are they like like genuinely about it? I mean, SBF seems like a like a cool guy. Like he, he did a lot of good stuff for for community, and I know he's one of the biggest donors for 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 Joe Biden. Um, I'm reflecting my bias here, but. Um, yeah, I mean, they got a lot of cash to spend. They have money to spend. So why not do something meaningful? Yeah, and he's like a true rags to riches type of story. I mean, both of his parents, two Stanford law professors. He studied at MIT. I mean, yeah. you know, the guys had a rough go. Of <laughs> no, no, but SBF is worth $24 billion. And, um, you know, he says most of his wealth, he will eventually donate to charity based on a philosophy called earning to give. Mm. Um, which, um, half of FTX and, uh, you know, which is tied up in his ownership of half of FTX. So really cool article there at Forbes came out today. Um, number 60 on the billionaire list globally at 29 years old. God bless him. Crypto is the future. (laughs) That's what I got to say to that. So indeed, indeed. All right. Well, um, you know, a little bit of a, like a side, a side to, to this week's episode, you know, me and me and, uh, the crypto Yoda himself, we, we generally talk, you know, before this thing and we do our kind of, what are we going to talk about this week? And he's kind of like, this week should be a bumper episode because we have another episode later in the week. So we should talk for 30 minutes. And I was like, yeah, when do we ever talk for 30 minutes? We're going 46 now and there's plenty of other shit to talk about, but I think we'll cut it short. Um, the one thing I'm going to say is I'm going to miss you greatly on Friday when you're recording without me. Um, don't, uh, you know, you know, don't look at all the, you know, the grass that's on the other side of the road and think that it's greener than me because, you know, my grass may be a little bit patchy 
and a little bit dry and hasn't been watered in a while, but it's solid earth, my friend. Okay. And don't you go forgetting <laughs> that. I uh, know. I, I I will not. I will not forget. You know, like working with you. I now I sound like I'm actually Jesus, leaving or something. <laughs> no, I mean it's just the one episode. I'm sure um, we'll we'll regroup. You know, very soon. Hopefully, uh, with some of the more exciting guests um, yep. in the future. So yep. yeah, more to come, guys. Yeah, don't forget to water me. And uh, for everyone else out there, uh, thanks for listening in. Uh, we'll uh, we'll be putting out another pod uh, later this week as well with a fantastic guest. And as always, stay safe out there, Space Cowboys. We'll catch you. Take it easy. What is on the street you found someone? I guess now it goes to dawn.